Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. We're again at the Association for Federal Enterprise Risk Management Conference, the Reagan Building in D.C. It's hopping. It, it's jamming. And risk management is obviously the topic of the day. Why is it that people should pay more attention to risk management in government, Robert? You know, it's evolved from a focus on reporting uh-huh. to a focus on mission. What risks put mission accomplishment in jeopardy and how can we mitigate those risks so that we don't waste taxpayer dollars and those instead are invested in achieving the goals we need to achieve for the American people. One of the top risk management leaders in government, and you'll learn why in a moment, is Christine Jones, Associate Deputy Assistant Secretary for Finance at the Department of Health and Human Services. Christine, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Why is risk management so prominent in the business operations at HHS? Well, I think HHS is actually, by dollar, the largest department within the government. We're about 25% of the federal budget. And over that course, we have a lot of different agencies with very different missions. For example, under HHS is NIH, which does research, and CDC, and FDA, which is a more regulatory agency, and CMS, which pays Medicare and Medicaid. So the whole scope of business operations across HHS is huge. So managing risk is very important. And you have a whole bunch of organizations there that do things in different ways. CMS is a payer. You have grants organizations, you have traditional government agency procurement situations and everything. How does that inform the way that you try to build a risk management framework for the entire agency? So the way we've gone about building a framework for HHS as a whole is we brought leaders from all of those agencies together and we've talked about what we have in common across the agencies which has led our risk portfolio, so to speak, to be very focused on mission support. That being said, HHS is implementing enterprise risk management using a more principles-based approach, where we're giving the organization some guiding principles of what we think a good ERM program will have, and then they have the opportunity to implement it however they see fit, in a way that fits best for their culture. So we, at the department level, have our risk uh, portfolio and we do our annual risk profile as required by OMB Circular A123. However, each department underneath HHS, for each division, they can do their own risk profile and I honestly haven't seen any of them. However, I do know a lot of them have them and I would really expect them to be very different than what we have as our overarching risk portfolio across the enterprise. Shout out to Circular A123. That's right. That's right. It's your favorite one. That's great. We ought to have a a jar. You you put (laughs) a dollar in every time somebody somebody mentions an OMB circular. (laughs) One of the challenges is making this real for people. Do you have success stories about uh, uh, risks that you had been tracking that have been adequately or at least reasonably mitigated as a result of your efforts? So... Let me say that just to give a little bit of context, HHS considers enterprise risk management to be 
a deliberate and proactive way to think about risks and opportunities. And we use that in decision making, which actually sounds pretty high level, so sometimes people don't always understand ERM. So to make ERM more understandable and to help show the value of it, we started developing success, success stories. And when people think of success stories, they think of these big, huge milestones of successes. But because ERM at its heart is a change initiative, and change initiatives take a lot of time, what we're seeing is that the smaller success stories actually have more impact in gaining the buy-in and moving the, the culture forward. So what is a small success story? It's when you're in a meeting and somebody says, can you tell me the risks and opportunities to this proposal? Or somebody says, if I put my ERM hat on, how would this proposal impact another part of the organization? And when you think about how simple that can be, people sit back and say, wow, I can do that. And so when they feel that they can do that, it helps shift their mindset. They're making these little successes and it's actually shifting the culture. And it, I, I imagine in that context then, you see exponential gains. It's not linear that over time, it's like a snowball effect. Is that fair? That's very fair. I think when we started this uh, really four to five years ago, people were afraid of the word risk. It yeah. was a really bad four-letter word. And now we can see the needle move that people are openly talking about it and using the word. And they're realizing that risk is not bad. It just is, and it's just something that needs needs to be managed. So that's one of the barriers to implementing a successful enterprise risk management program. Are there others, things that you're confronting or have confronted to get this in place? I think, you know, some of the challenges to implementing a good ERM program, um, one has to do with getting the right uh, talent. Um, that's very important. Um, another challenge is shifting the conversation. And the other challenge, I think, is really about we need to view ERM as a capability and not a program or project. So in terms of getting the right talent, you know, we need people that can think big picture because ERM is about connecting the dots and putting the risks together and seeing the interdependencies. And it's really hard to find people with technical skills who can also think big picture and connect the dots. And I think what makes finding ERM talent even more challenging is that there's no job series for ERM. There's no, you have to have skills X, Y, and Z. So the talent that each agency is looking for is really gonna be dependent upon how they're implementing ERM, their culture, their maturity level. So for example, at HHS, we're looking at ERM as building more of a strategic capability. So we're looking for people with skill sets such as uh, change management, governance and process support, building a community. But at the end of the day, your ERM talent really needs to fit your organizational culture and how you're approaching ERM. I think the way you're describing that makes a lot of sense because it sounds like from your description and from other conversations that we've had, uh, about this topic, you need people with subject matter expertise about the mission of the organization. It's not like cyber where you have somebody who can be a technical expert on cyber and the outcomes they deliver aren't really unique to the mission. The outcomes that risk managers deliver are unique to the mission of every organization, if I'm hearing you right. Yeah, 
And you need to have that big picture thinking. You need to understand that you know, if you have a risk in your HR area, for example, if you're having trouble hiring people, that has an effect on getting your cyber people involved. It has an effect on everything. Or if you have a cyber incident, that affects your whole enterprise. So you need people who are really broad thinkers, as well as we rely on the technical experts within each kind of functional area. I want to give a I'll shout out it. to a firm for putting on this conference. This is really an important contribution to growing the government-wide expertise and the talent that's available to support efforts like yours. It's two shout-outs on one show. That's right. I think that's the first time in the history of FedHeads that's ever happened. Good. Well, we'll have to start counting. I like the idea for the tip jar, too. Government's always in transition, but we're coming up on a presidential election year. There's potentially a transition to a new administration, but there are a lot of variables that go into things that could modify your approach. Can you talk about how you adapt your uh, enterprise risk management program to evolving trends? Yeah, so I think when you have a big change with, with your ERM program, it can either evolve, de devolve, or become stagnant. And I think the key to positive evolution is um, first and foremost, leadership, leadership support. I mean, ERM is a change initiative and change initiatives need leadership support. I mean, any ERM book you read or expert you talk to, the first thing they say is tone at the top is the key to success. And of course, if you think about it, that makes sense. Because whatever your boss wants and is committed to and whatever your boss's priorities are, are generally what gets done. So, the, so leadership demonstrating their commitment to ERM will be very will be very important. And I must say, we have been very fortunate that our current secretary and deputy secretary are big proponents of ERM, and they have really helped propel our program forward. Do, do the basic tenets of ERM change according to current events, conditions on the ground inside the agency? anything like that, or the principles of ERM, pretty consistent organization to organization and month to month, year to year? I think the principles are consistent. However, I think an ERM program kind of fluctuates a little bit depending on that leadership support that I just talked about, as well as um, the talent that we have. And I mentioned that a little bit before. Um, but talent is really important, and we have to invest in, in our people, kind of like being at the Affirm conference. Mm -hmm. um, we really need to make sure that ERM experts get a seat at the table and can show the value to the leaders, because the ERM folks are really the honest brokers where people can have that honest risk conversation, um, and it's not about shoot the messenger. And I think the other thing is we just have to keep building ERM principles into, into our business, into our culture, into our operations, so it becomes second nature um, to us. And that's what we're trying to do in terms of building it as a strategic capability. Mm -hmm. Because we're finding that if we're building it as a strategic capability and really embedding it into the organization, we're having better management discussions, yeah. which in turn means we're getting more risk information that we're using to make decisions, which is hopefully increasing the likelihood of good outcomes. Closing the loop, yep. I think uh, it's not the first time we've heard how important leadership is to this whole effort. Uh, we're grateful to have someone with your capability leading 
such an important organization's enterprise risk management effort. Thanks for joining us, Christine. Great Thank to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. <laughs>